0: So, welcome to this retreat, uh, it's just a fairly short period of time, uh, and I understand most of you have some meditation practice already, mm. so what I thought I'd um, try to do is just to uh, present something that perhaps helps to integrate the internal Cultivations of meditation, with uh, uh, more external cultivations of how we speak and act. Uh, so you see, meditation is actually a kind of a piece carved out of the Buddha's presentation, a very important piece. But it's also important to get the the whole bit. So that there's a <laughs> continual cultivation, and what this is all—what it all comes under—can be seen in a couple of ways. One is the Four Noble Truths, as one begins to acknowledge uh, stress, unsatisfactoriness, incompleteness, uh, and. Uh, contemplate or look realize or begin to cultivate the, looking into the origins of that how that ceases and when it, where and when it stops and the path you know, that's kind of very fundamental Buddhist uh, bit encapsulates cap- it uh, the other bit which perhaps is um, sometimes not so much talked about is karma karma and the end of karma karma means action so for a start it it means just that it doesn't mean predestination, fate, destiny it means action and it's action that we continually uh, do, act upon and it's action that's based upon an ethical uh, foundation So there's action which is in terms of uh, harmfulness, confusion, fear, doubt, worry uh, wrong, misunderstandings uh, wrong assumptions and these produce stress actions that are based upon clarity, compassion clear understanding release stress so that's the kind of, you know So that's how it fits into the Four Noble Truths, you see that actually there's there's an origin which is that continually, moment after moment, for the unawakened mind which is not awakened tends to carry a certain karmic potential to be confused or not quite get it right or not get things in perspective or to be coming from uh, biased places because of this there's a, there's a result result is called vipaka uh, there's a result yeah. we inherit we, so we, some of these results occur immediately some of them occur long term long time mm-hmm. but every result in a way uh, gets deposited in the way that we operate so we build up habits you know, we act in certain. We speak in certain ways. We Action means also physical action, action of thought or speech. The action which actually brings things to mind. You know, something is brought to mind, conceived of, and expressed either in a thought or in speech. Second basis of action, and the third base of action, which is the, perhaps the most subtle, which we sometimes don't acknowledge is the action of, of the mind that is a sort of psychological emotional action which would be things like forming a viewpoint uh, an emotional bias uh, actions of the emotions of uh, emotional is, is a form of action which we're activated in certain ways um, we form biases assumptions standards viewpoints um, and so forth Uh, based upon this mental action then everything else follows suit from that, as soon as you conceive or assume somebody is a certain way then you conceive of them in that way and that triggers off how you act so mental karma is the most uh, powerful it's happening all the time you recognise wars are fought over mental karma (laughs) start to conceive of people as enemies or terrorists or you know, whatever it is you know, it's one of them then that acts as a basis to justify doing all kinds of nasty things to them yeah. so this is the ki- kind of mental action, so mental action involves how we regard ourselves so we keep regarding ourselves as inadequate or failures or you know self-importance on one hand conceit on one hand or self-degradation on the other hand this particular mental karma then acts as the basis upon which we live our lives so you get all kinds of life statements getting made and these leave results because it's um, based upon how these mental patterns these karmas get built up into particular patterns in the mind yeah. Well, the mental karma is the most important because you don't actually build up a bodily pattern of behavior you build up a mental pattern of behavior hmm. and you don't physically con- continue yourself doing things in a particular way but you do mentally, psychologically keep configuring things in a particular way so that's uh, so that particular retaining of, of impressions, of actions, of old habits is the, is the with Parker old karma and triggers off fresh karma that is because we see things in a certain way we act in a certain way we act in a certain way, that becomes a habit, the way we act um, the way we act then continually embeds us in that particular pattern of behavior right, you know, the story of course is, you know, when the Thief sees a saint; he sees his pockets, because his mind is continually embedded in the idea of what can I get, what can I steal. It's a obvious example. The, what we continually focus upon, the way we train our minds, then becomes the habit of the mind. Mind will then run that way. Keep seeing people as enemies or as uh, whatever you know, as good and as bad karma then your mind runs that way you, you know. and particularly how we regard ourselves of course that too is mental karma if we keep regarding ourselves in a certain way that becomes the habit of the mind and the habit of the mind that's the first that's, the, that's the almost the immediate way we keep regarding ourselves yeah. so this is, this is called old karma so every fresh karma keeps cutting the groove deeper it's kind of improved even, it sets up a tendency to keep acting in that particular way. And the particular forms it takes tends to be based upon um, uh, hunger for for pleasure. We want to feel pleased, we want to feel enjoyable, we want to feel happy, we want to feel well being. There's so this is powerful impulse in that way, and the other words, we want to feel safe. We want stability and security. We want to feel steady, we want to feel at rest. We don't want to feel uncertain. We don't want to feel anxious. We don't want to feel unsettled. We want to feel steady and happy. Um, which is, you know, fun. well, why not? You know, uh, And meditation, you begin to acknowledge how many of the habits we've developed to bring around those goals have not provided us with the results that we were looking for. We've tried, you know, various things that we try. We tried music, which was kind of nice, but yeah, you know. We tried food, we tried sex, we tried whatever, you know. And it was, yeah, it was nice, but... And sometimes it wasn't nice at all. so uh, you know and there's also the, the recognition that uh, some of these pleasure seekings also can make us morally a little bit um uh dubious yeah. so we can start to get unscrupulous about how we obtain our our pleasures so taking things that aren't given telling falsehoods um in order to get what we want. Holding on, you know, possessiveness, possessiveness of other people that have been unskillful and cause stress to ourselves and others. So you begin to recognise this yeah, there's a search for happiness and but this isn't really doing it. there's a search for wealth security and yet, you know, where, does that, where do you get that? Hmm. Because most forms of security and stability actually continue need to be propped up. Even a house, you know. You leave a house for three months and you come back and you realize you've got to fix something. So it's broken down in it. The roof started to leak, the paint's flaking off. you don't know, prop it up, continue, the thing's are going to start to rot and fall apart. Physical fall, you know, it's going to start to break up and fall apart. Whatever you do, it's going to do that. But it's going to do it a lot quicker if you don't look after it. So you've got to keep kind of propping up these things. Keep working on it. Relationships. here you know, where we might find, we can find people we can live with. A stable, secure relationship. Fine. But it does need continual work to keep it going. If you don't do the work, things tend to go out of whack. Um, what the Buddha is saying is actually you can find... uh, increasingly refined uh, qualities of pleasure and stability in meditation which require um, which are more long lasting still require propping up but it's something you have a little you have more say over in actually just dealing with this you know have to deal with plumbing buildings other people stuff you know dealing with this which is still work furthermore he said that actually you can find a place where it stands up by itself which is nirvana or the unconditioned you can realize a place where stability and uh, well-being stands up by itself so this is the ultimate bit and that's where karma ends because you don't have to keep putting input in it to keep it going everything else you've got to do some more stuff to keep it going do some more stuff to keep it going so there's a certain restlessness and, and dis-ease about most forms of, of conditioned happiness so yeah. and the process of meditation are uh, first of uh, all first of you all, know, there's, there's putting in fresh input which is clear which is steady which is skilful um, you know, trying to, first of all, get one's own intention one's own input as skillful and steady and benevolent as, as we can putting it in the best place into our own body, mind and even particular aspects of our body and mind Beginning to use that to change our wiring. So instead of the mind running down this particular course, running down that particular thought, running out in that particular mood, running out into that particular storyline, the narratives of our lives, it says, no, don't go there, go here. Go here. And every time it runs it, says, go here. And you train your mind to. Um, send its energies in the channels that are going to provide one with the best results the happiest results this is a process called samatha steady and calming enjoying the mind enjoying uh, that kind of experience where you deliberately carefully and wisely discern where you're going to put your quality attention what quality, what quality attention actually means in a sense, is something that's steady benevolent, gentle patient, persistent you know, and where you're going to put it where, it's gonna, where you're going to plant that seed plant it in the wrong place you may put a lot of effort into it but actually it's meager soil. it's not going to bring much fruit so there's this whole process of skillful attention recognizing what's the best kind of attention and also refining and developing that quality of attention and then also discerning where you get the best results and how you can how you can develop that so that's what we call path fourth noble truth um, you know, truth of the path it to be developed. There's particular kinds of of uh, action that are that operate in line with the four noble truths. The first noble truth of dukkha or dis ease or unsatisfactoriness is to be understood. You've got to actually open to that, acknowledge it, which is not a blaming thing. It's just an acknowledgement of does is this you know. And then also, where is the stress in this? So, the second noble truth, uh, the origin of suffering, has to be abandoned. You see, where, so there's a particular action there, is that particular sources of stress in our lives, addictions of various kinds, narratives about lives that are defunct, defective, taking us to bad places, can abandon that put it aside and do it repeatedly until you've your mind isn't running down that groove anymore. Third Noble Truth, where where um, the the distress stops or the unsatisfaction stops, that is to be realized. Mm-hmm. You really acknowledge that. Because these are this may not be complete and utter liberation, you know, forever, but it's like one moment where hey that's a little that's a little better there that's a bit easier there that particular place you know maybe at the end of my in breath or maybe when my mind de- develops forgiveness ah it's there that particular bit Yeah. so it's to be realized it's a which means there's a certain truthfulness accuracy specific accuracy about the places in our experience, where there's less stress, where the particular stressing ceases, and uh, this is a third noble truth, so it doesn't mean this is something that happens right at the end of the story. It's happening as part of the process, you know. So right now, we could probably find bits of our body that are, you know, not so comfortable, and feels good. somewhere it feels quite okay. Maybe the place in your throat. Or, or as you breathe out. It's nice. It feels okay. So the bits that really feel good, you start to acknowledge that. So that um, you're training the mind to not just go to, to have this sense of wise attention. If we keep attending in the, in, uh, to the stress in our lives... Um, the likelihood is that becomes the total picture of what our lives are about Mm. so very commonly as you probably will acknowledge in the meditation some particular thing is bugging you and it just goes on (coughs) and on and on and you repeat it every sitting and when you walk outside it comes out of the door behind you and it walks along and they think, it's stupid. It's you know, a silly little thought about something or the other somebody did or didn't do 15 years ago. You know. <laughs> and, uh, and somehow you know, your mind gets locked into that particular bit. So this is uh, oral speculation. You know. What am I? What should I be? Why am I? How am I? What will I be? Why am I? Where am I? What am I good, what, You know? Just so the mind is kind of gets locked in this doubt pattern. And so the more energy you give to that, the more it maybe comes up with all kinds of narratives about why I am the way I am, what I should have been, you know, rewriting the story of my life, getting up in the dock, proclaiming my innocence, um, prosecuting everybody else uh, for as long as they've done me. And that was... Because of him and her, and that, and this, and that, and the other, and I should have done this, and I should have done that, and rewriting the script. Wow, that was an hour gone. <laughs> you know, how did, how did, where did that take one? You know, where did that take me? Anywhere useful? Anywhere good? No, apart from maybe just the kind of realization just how much um, potency there is in this stuff to, to, to keep these narratives going and recognising hey you know you're never going to get this stuff doesn't end you know that you go into it it doesn't end this is what sangsara means it means it doesn't end (laughs) and sangsara is not not a feeling or a thought it means the unending quality you know the the going on the continual going on of narratives they say well when you just put your attention to the soles of your feet uh-huh. What's the point of that? Let's do that. You find it somewhere where there isn't a story. So it's a very simple little example You're walking off in the soles of your feet letting go of the all the uh, narratives. You can pick up a new one about the soles of your feet, of course. But very, but so, but then you see that the the path has to be developed and cultivated. So if you pick up the quality of less stress, then you pick that up and you start to enhance it, and you examine it, and you spread it, because as you take that as your topic, then that also can be... Your mind goes there more and more times. That tends to become the more uh, global view, or thing you can abide in this is called samadhi concentration you find a place which is comfortable and uh, through, arrive through a skillful mental action and you abide in that and so that, that's called samadhi, right concentration and with that the mind um, is momentarily sort of lifted out of its narratives and stories and patterns to a certain degree, at least the surface of it all, so then you begin to look into how the mind operates <coughs> at, a, at a deeper level. <coughs> this is so all this cultivation, sometimes called kamatana, which means a foundation in action. Is the principle? Yeah. All of us have in, inherited old karma. and Start being born, you inherit this particular sensual, physical, sensual form, which has its own particular kind of momentum to it. It's like this is the snow. This is the snowball rolling downhill. Yeah. It's not, we don't start from a blank sheet. We don't start on level ground. We're all snowballs rolling downhill. Because we are, this is what this thing is, this born thing is. And so it has natural propensities to gather, to cling, to accumulate. It's got natural tendencies, reflexes. It's like this. So all the time, not because of something anybody's done, but just because of getting born into this. That's why the Buddha recommended if possible to to not do it again <laughs> but since we've done it you know there's no point wringing one's hands and lamenting about that but to see well for a start can you steer your snowball in a good way and then can you lessen the amount the the the, the slope so it's not just rolling pell-mell downhill you've got some guidance with it and it starts to at least uh Gather up some goodness, something that's going to uh, feel, take one to a good place, get a good direction for it. Skillful karma. And yet, um, the aim really is to when one. So this is what we do with uh, on several levels through bodily action and, and uh, is uh, um, and speech action is what we keep precepts for. So, you say, you know, you keep the precepts for this particular purpose, it's what it's about. Because if we don't keep the precepts, then um, it's kind of random, really. You know, one is uh, subject to all kinds of influences, and you, you want to get a kind of ethical perspective on life as a really an important basis. You don't have an ethical perspective on life, then perspective of life would tend to be what? You know, what do we base our worldview on? Mm. Social pressures of some kind, money, job, Um, so on. um, Ethical basis doesn't rule out any of this stuff. Doesn't rule out relationships, doesn't rule out money, doesn't rule out a job, doesn't rule out, you know, being a success in life. But it means you got uh, you've got something that keeps all that programming going along in a way that's going to avoid accumulating a lot of damage to yourself and others. And then the mental karma is what we deal with in meditation to so recognize the uh, ill will um, craving slothfulness indolence uh, restlessness worry worry and flurry and doubt particularly he's a kind of you know five frequent characters you, pr- you probably know heard about you know one way of looking at uh, some of the afflictions of the mind is in this this light and so the mental karma is first of all to, to clear the mind of this this is another synonym for what samadhi is about it means that mind is actually at that particular time not affected by these agencies. So it's in a kind of pure state, joyful, bright, pliable, workable state. Yeah. And so this is the meditation. So you get a sense of how you know, the meditation fits into the rest of the things that we are doing. And it it keeps in a way <coughs> verifying uh, the rest of it. Because with meditation, you're looking at pretty immediate karma, you get a fairly immediate result. It may not seem like it's that immediate, have been practicing for a few years, you know, you're sort of struggling with various difficulties, but it's <coughs> the immediate result of actually taking responsibility for the mind, and you know, you get maybe a short term result. Not necessarily long term, but your mind gets a bit steadier, brighter. You learn how to deal with the hindrances, how to pull out of them, how to bring your attention, you got really be mindful, focused, and so forth. And really you're also looking at the quality of intention itself with meditation, recognizing here yeah, actually I'm aspiring. I'm not just kind of rolling on automatic. Yeah. So just whatever other result there is in my life, the result here is I'm being more conscious. I'm not just, you know, rolling automatic or ricocheting. I'm making some sort of conscious decision, conscious supervision of my world, my realities. Being conscious, being taking responsibility. In a sense then there's some sort of you know, when a person, a person does that immediately they're kind of coming out of a huge amount of of um, delusion. Uh, Ignorance. Ignorance means we lose ourselves. It doesn't mean you don't have enough information. It means you lose your presence. You lose your sense of being really here. You know, so you can recognize that, um, you know, many people are actually hardly here. They're not fully here. You know, they're partly here, but... Not aware of their bodies, not really conscious reflecting on their mind states the thoughts speech is just rolling along you know? this is this is ignorance it means you you're not getting the the, the full bit and other people you've got a certain amount of it, but it's much less you're at least conscious you're at least awake to that yeah so there's some sense of an immediate quality of, of waking up, and certainly um, finding that um, once you've done some meditation, then you know you ne- you never really go back to sleep again. You know, something in you keeps. No matter how much you seem to n- not progress, something you keeps kind of something is woken up. Something that's starting starting supervising. So in this retreat, we have a chance for, to spend a little more time um, developing meditation and looking at some of the old habits, patterns we have, seeing if we can s- develop some skills to re- redirect our mental attention and. Um, develop particular qualities of attention. Attention is not just a, a push thing. It's not just a pull thing. It's not just a spacious thing. It's it's a whole flexibility. Sometimes you push. Sometimes you're spacious. Sometimes you release. Sometimes you investigate. Sometimes you just mollify. Sometimes you just express meta kindness. And it's knowing, you know, the right kind of fit for yourself. You know, particular quantities one needs to enhance in oneself and a particular quality need to answer particular paces of your of your patterning for the old patterning that you carry. This is something you can, you can only know for yourself. It's not, not the same as mine. So but through the practice we can begin to get a tailor made build up a tailor made sensitivity to our uh, old inheritances and, and work with them. So it's a general t- teaching and also very intimate, specific practice that we, we all undertake. And the really, Important piece to to notice is in that skill is when you particularly you begin to make the mind calm enough and peaceful enough to begin to recognise some of these karmic tendencies, these latent tendencies, these kind of inner drives well up. You know, something you can feel them in your body, and I'll certainly be encouraging an amount of body awareness to recognise these karmic tendencies as they arise even before we've really got thinking about them just so they start welling up because you can't sense the, the wobbling or the constricting or the flushing or the tingling or whatever it is you experience it as and how you, at that particular moment when you get the choice you establish a choice where you can actually either get into that, go into that again or you find the way where you can not where well you can terminate it, so that particular piece of karma ends it stops you, know, you see the so that 's exactly the piece that we work upon how old <coughs> patterns come start to come up, and this time you 're on the ball with it, and you don 't go there anymore <coughs> that 's how you end karma that 's how you end it you know, 're about to go down the blaming Path again, and you, and you didn't have to do it. You, you had a choice, and you took the right choice. You could see what the what the, the mind was about to do, and you you were able to stop it. You didn't need to be that person. You didn't need to be the victim. You didn't need to be right. You didn't need to be wrong. You didn't need to be somebody you didn't need your history you didn't need a future you didn't need to know you didn't need to prove You know, just that's where it ends and it. It a piece of what we take ourselves to be it can be dropped it can be moved out of so what is left this is put your own words around that that's the Peace that the Buddha was pointing to, where it ends.